Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From the Wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Hoppy, I know for some, it's been, uh, it's this is like the, the dead time of the year for sports. For me, it's been like the craziest sports weekend I've had right. in a long time. So, you know, I'll put that on the shelf for now because we do have a we do have a big episode ahead of us. So before we get into my crazy sports weekend and obviously wild talk and hockey talk, how was your weekend in this dry month of sports? <laughs> Dude, it's been it's been an interesting couple days. Um, you didn't know this, but Wednesday afternoon, our own judge Joey Neto flew in from Wyoming. Nice. He had his cousin's wedding this weekend that he had to be in for. Um, dude, we certainly did normal things, being drink a lot of fucking beer. Watch some World Juniors, of course, but uh, he and I and a couple of our friends he even had a, a buddy from Winona drive up just to meet us oh, at, wow. at the lovely Bricksworth Brewing. Oh, which, nice. Like we, I got to get in touch with them, man. Like shout yeah. out Bricksworth. You guys are incredible. Beer across the board. Everyone was happy. I think, I so think good. in our group of five, we tried 10 or 11 of the beers. No one had a complaint on any of them. Pizza Rolls is still my favorite beer they'll ever have. A delicious IPA. Um, the pizzas, we got three different pizzas while we were there. All of them were delicious. Mine was literally like a family pasta dinner on top of I a pizza. I saw that. I saw that it, on Twitter. Like, straight up. And and the server told me, she's like, yeah, like it's more carbs than you could ever need, but it's delicious. I'm like, sold. Give it. So, yeah, I'm ready for the Boston Marathon, but <laughs> the, the coolest thing that apparently everyone I've asked so far has never seen it. You obviously haven't because you only have two experiences with pull tabs and one of them you were blacked out after the wild game. But we had yeah, a, a pull tab that was a double winner. So there's three rows of tabs that you pull, right? Yeah. Pulled all three and the top one had a line through it for a winner. The third one had a line through with a winner, and in the middle was $200 when, like, 100 is the highest winner. So, like, somehow this one pull tab had this a double bonus. winner to it. Like, coolest thing I've ever seen. I didn't even believe it at first, but <laughs> very, very, very cool. Nice. But everyone, if you are in the area at all, go check out Bricksworth. They are oh, – their wings, their pizza, their beer – they have pull tabs. Like, what the fuck more do you need? Yeah, they got sports on TVs. They got a cool little lounge area. Like, I can speak to it as well. As we went there for lunch when I was when I was visiting, and yeah, man, it was and it was but it was so busy too, which was awesome to see because they're still relatively new, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, newer, yeah, newer, right? They, so that, they were cool. born in the pandemic. Okay, well, that's yeah, that's still that's still pretty Co recent. The like fact they're born in the pandemic and there's buzzing now, um, the kind of in a lot industrial area but kind of like industrial office area right so like probably a good destination for everyone to go for lunch or like right after work um we're working in just that part of town so yeah man i i loved the pizza i had a little bit more, you know a wilder one that that hoppy didn't approve of but your wife liked a lot so that's good and then the beer everything i tried and you said it there was awesome like it wasn't like oh everything's good i'm satisfied um it was like everything was excellent which is hey which is amazing. It sucks that those fucking Minnesota laws won't allow them to distribute. But I was telling people here, uh, they we they they got a loophole. They pretty much <gasps> do that through Blackstack. But oh, okay. That's well, a side then thing. I don't, okay, I don't okay. have that validated. Maybe they're not happy with me saying that. So maybe you clip it or bleep it. But I I've just read between the lines, and I think they've got a really smart thing going. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like it's not illegal, but no. I think I think they got a good little uh, side okay, well, hustle going where they make that work since they're so friendly being father and son. Well, props props to them. But the more people I tell here, because again, in British Columbia, food and breweries it, that they go hand in hand here. Like you ex you expect there to be that option, and you also expect that you can go buy that beer at a store, where, which it really just sucks. And people here are still like flabbergasted the facts that brew pubs in 
Minnesota can't distribute their beer. It's insane. Yeah. So then that's just Thursday night. Friday night. Dude, this was such a clusterfuck. So Joey and most of his family were pretty tuned up because they went out to Barrel Theory and just crushed all the beers, which can be very dangerous. Yes. Went and had dinner, had more beverages. And they're inviting me and Laura to come out and meet up with them. And they're very insistent. Like, they're, you got you got to meet us here. Go to the Lexington, 845. Come on, be there, be there. And I'm like, yeah, very we'll do specific. it. Cool. Okay. And then, fi- like, some things are, like, not adding up, right? Like, because that's a nicer place. And I've never been there. But, like, I know it's a nicer place. So, Tia, Joey's wife, says that Joey is wearing dress pants and a button-up <clears throat> short sleeve. I'm like, that doesn't add up. This is weird. Then, like, just some other things with, like, their whole night i'm like it just seems really weird that you would want to like get a like dinner reservation at 8 45 and so like for several reasons that started adding up i text her i'm just like hey do you guys like have a reservation already then or what's the deal she's like oh no there's no reservation needed it's for the like open bar after the groom's dinner i'm like you fucker like i'm not showing up to that <laughs> not o- like like not only is it inappropriate to show up to that in general but like yeah Laura and I know this guy like it's like it's Joey's cousin, but he went to college with us and like we're cool. Like I I definitely am not. But he didn't invite I wasn't you to the party. To the yeah. Right. I'm not invited to the party. There's <laughs> no way I can do this. Now I'm on the phone with her and it's her, Joey's sister-in-law and oh. one other person like literally screaming like, no, you got to come, 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 come. I get a side text like in the middle of the phone call from Joey's brother, Andy, who, by the way, shout out, Andy, never gave you proper, you know, appreciation. His avalanche won happy for you um but andy's texting me on the side and he's like you're reading this situation correctly but if you tell anyone i said this i will deny it (laughs) (laughs) and then he gets he's like i'll keep you posted once we're there so laura and i like we had already like started getting ready to go out so i'm just like fuck it we'll go to bad weather hang out have a beer or two and then see what happens yeah so uh andy texts me right when they get there he's like yeah this was a good call this would have been bad (laughs) i'm like great so Laura and I have a couple of beers at Bad Weather. Oh, you're going to be so jealous. Uh, I know you remember seeing that like graphic of it was like, I don't know if it's a Pokemon card or a magic card or what it is, but for one of the oh, beers, yeah. yep. they have stickers. I got some. Oh, They're awesome. Nice. Hell but yeah. have a couple of beers and then finally reach the point where like, well, we're, we're it's like 1030. If they end up wanting to do something, it'll probably be too late by the time they do. So let's just head out. So I just text Andy, say, hey, we're heading out. Have a good night. And right before we pass the last exit where like I could turn around and easily get to where they are. He's like, no, no, no. We're leaving right now. We're leaving right now. Come meet up. So we go pick them up, go back over to Tom Reed's. Nice. And let me tell you, the crew was in perfect form. Everyone was just like the perfect level of alcohol intake where everyone's having fun. No one's sober, but no one's like a problem. Right. Yeah. And Donnie, God bless his soul. He he was playing the repeat game. You know, he he told me several times how much he loves our podcast and like asked oh, me Donnie, if I enjoy it. He's amazing. He also said that we have to bring back the Facebook live streams because he and Dee love them so much. So we'll do oh, yeah. that here coming up to the season. But then on the way back, we give them a ride back to their hotel. And well, it's I, I, partially on the ride back, but we talked about it at the bar. Like randomly, they're talking about different professors at St. Mary's because everyone in that bar, except for Joey's wife, went to St. Mary's. Yeah. And I'm just they're talking about different professors and stuff and weird stuff that's been going on. I'm like, oh, do you know any of the business professors? And Dee Dee's like, no, no. Then out of nowhere, like, oh, and then there's this guy who I won't throw the name in for the purposes of this, but was like literally my favorite business professor talks about how he's like 60 he just lost his job got divorced everything because he was having an affair with a 22 year old at the school and i'm just like Didi, i just asked you if you had any information on business professors what the fuck <laughs> but like it like such a deeply entrenched story i'm just like what? wow like he ended up going out to mankato to try and like find her and like she's completely blocking him off because the wife told the school he lost his job told the (sighs) parents of the girl and they literally like had her in lockdown for the entire summer so like just a whole clusterfuck like outrageous 
but so anyways when you get together at the nettos you get the juicy stories that's that's the moral wow here. wow but, that is that is juicy and then that and then juicy. saturday we had our own wedding <laughs> and let's just say like this is a wedding like it's laura's friend slash co-worker but the only other people that we knew there were like her co-workers from a previous company where they yeah. all work together so not like a family vibe you know i, you're I don't much have the guest. family vibe i don't have the friend vibe i was the only guy at the table so like it's <laughs> a bunch of like girl gossip and i just like try and like throw myself in and have fun with it but <laughs> which can be fun at I, times. I, I feel a little bad i feel a little bad so think back to uh the batman begins right the first christian bale one yeah or no it's the shit it's the second one with harvey with joker i apologize yep, okay, yep. Okay. so dark knight yeah and you know the like schizophrenic that uh harvey dent is like interrogating and doing the coin flip thing with yeah so imagine that guy but like a little bit longer slicked back hair and like kind of does the head tilt as he walks around and just has this like creepy smirk smile on his face dude our table was convinced he was a vampire and the whole <laughs> night we pretty much talked about that being the case and like there'd be like one of the girls would be standing over like waiting in line at the food buffet and he would like walk right by and go through a door and the look on her face as he'd do it was just like pure shock like oh my god i survived it that that's pretty much how i got by that night besides the fact that they were making old fashions and just throwing them to me so nice so yeah that 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 was my last couple of days holy shit that's that's quite the weekend so you're yeah. recovering the rest of the day after this, I guess, then. Yeah, no, I feel fine. Yeah, I guess you're drinking a beer right now, so you're good. We'll get into what second. we're Yeah, we'll 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 get into what we're drinking in a little bit here, folks, because we do have some hockey talk to get into. But wow, Hoppy. Unbelievable. Yeah, just wasted 10 minutes, no problem. No, no, that's far from wasted. That's awesome. That's what the people want, right? I know Matthew's probably just howling right now. <laughs> Listen don't, to don't, this. don't go to St. Mary's, Matthew. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, shout out to the Nettos. You guys are all amazing. Um, I can't believe like well, I mean, I, I can believe it because I've talked to Donnie before and he's an oh, absolute when, beauty. When, but the amount of here, love that you show us, Donnie, I can't wait to bring you back on the show, uh, back on the podcast. When you move out here, Isha, we're going down to Winona for a weekend and I'll show oh. you what Winona's really about. I can't wait because we 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 passed by it. I saw the they sign. do have a brewery. Oh, a brewery. Cool. A brewery. Excited, excited to uh Excited to meet everyone in person. All right. Let's get into some hockey talk here because finally, it only it only took like almost a couple months, but uh, Nazem Kadri has signed and it's not with the New York Islanders, which by the way, their fan base was fucking crushed when they heard the news. It's with the Calgary Flames. He decides to go back to Canada and I mean, there's so much to dissect here, Hoppy. Where the fuck do you want to start? Where do I want to start? The, the fact that the only reason he's with Calgary is because Lou pulled the offer once people started talking about the fact that he was definitely going to the Islanders since everything was so quiet. Lou's like, nope, fuck you, done. Ripped it up. He's like, I swear, I didn't tell anyone. Like, no, I don't care. It's out there. No. And you so know, you, Lou, you, you Lou might, crushed this. I know, I know that's tongue in cheek, but you might be right. That's what's it's fucked up. It's not tongue in cheek. Thing. I'm dead serious. <laughs> that that is what I suspect. Wow. Because it was a lock. It was done. Yeah. I mean, people were like, we're almost reporting it. It was so it was so much of a lock, and we kind of yeah. turned the page. We were like, okay, well, it's not really going to be a story. It's going to be announced. It's going to be there in training camp in a few weeks. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The Calgary Flames, though. Losing Kachuk, losing Goudreau this offseason. They're two superstars. They're arguably two of their best players. I mean, not even arguably. They're two arguably, best players. They were the two best they players. They were the two best players. And they replaced them with two, let's be honest, they're superstars right now. Kadri is the best Kadri we have ever seen. Jonathan, Jonathan Huberdo, who's your third? Uyghur, dude. Oh, the Uyghur. I mean, Uyghur's great. I don't I don't think he's in that superstardom, but don't. Dude, Uyghur's sick. Un- unbelievable. And great defensemen to fill in that spot and honestly bolster the defense as well. So is it is it a stretch to say that with Uyghur as well coming in, that the Calgary Flames got better this offseason? That was one of my notes, man. And is I that absolutely a think they're better. I think and, so too. And before we get into the whole team construct, just thoughts on the contract. Like, what do you think about a seven by seven? Dude, I think it was perfect. Because he wasn't look, if he got six years, it was gonna probably go up to eight, eight, five. If it was five years gonna go up nine, ten. He's 30 years old, right? And uh, again, 31. I'll check it right now. Keep talking. These these are the contracts 
that 30-year-olds who put up these numbers are getting right now. And Turns 32 in October, so okay, he'll be so 32 one, in the one season One year starts. older than I thought. The Two way years that, older than you thought. The, yeah. The, the way that the game is progressing, too, it's tough to really see because some guys can make it into their late 30s and some guys it ends really fast because of how fast the game is. And just like the impact now with the game at speed. But I, for some reason, and this just is me. I'm no expert. This just, this is me. And I've said this about other, some other players and I, and I don't say it about certain players, but I think he's going to have a longer career. I think that Kadri can maintain putting points up, whether it's in the, the, the 50 range, 40 range late into his thirties. And hell, if you're paying seven mil for at that point in someone's career for 40, you know, 50 points on a, you know, on a good year, if the team is still good, then great. If not, whatever you brought him in the door, you had to replace, you know, a superstar player that top, you know, a, a role in the top six, if you wanted to still be competitive. And I'm sorry, the Calgary Flames didn't have a fucking choice. They signed Markstrom to be competitive now, you know? They they thought they were going to go go forward with Goudreau and Kachuk. At least one of them didn't happen. <clears throat> Trilov is not done yet. He's like, I have one more run at that cup before everything comes tumbling down. It's been 10 years almost in the making that this GM has been building the pieces there. And he's gone through one complete, you know, uh, you know roster of pinnacle players, pillars in Goudreau, Kachuk, Monaghan, who's, you know, was gone as a result of this trade to clear up the, the space. I th- I'm I'm just so thrilled and I'm, and I'm happy and I think the contract is fine honestly seven by seven people are ripping it. it's like he was gonna get term anywhere he went that like you just have to if, if you're a free agent at yeah. 30 31 32 you're getting term and you put yeah. up those it's just that that is what it is seven mil dude he could have asked for 10 in some places and some idiot teams might have probably given it to him he got seven dude like we're yeah. t- look, at the, look at defensemen who went to uh Chicago uh, you look at even Tampa Bay signing Sergeyev. I know defense is it's a little bit it's a different comparison, but you look at the money that was given out to Seth Jones and Sergeyev. Look at Kadri. I know he's a little bit older, but still, this guy's he's in that upper echelon of of the league, and he's been paid seven mil a year now. Well, that's and awesome. that's that's the argument that people will make, right? Like, yes, this year Kadri at seven million is better than Sergeyev at eight and a half. But Sergeyev's 24, man. He's no, no, got his best years ahead of him. He's going to have an elevated role. And I get that. I get but, that. But, yes, Kadri, everyone thought he was going to get nine. Like, getting oh, seven, yeah. over seven years, really, the last couple of years of that, kind of like Huberto, who cares? Like, right the now, flames this are gonna is be irrelevant at that time. immediate relevancy. Yeah. And with you, right, I think that Markstrom's deal is kind of what they're looking at as their window that's the timeline a hundred percent i think i think the next three years they're a legit contender and yeah. this team even though like on paper again losing goudreau and kachuk fucking sucks they're better they bolster the blue line with Uyghur. they're deeper down the middle and i literally like this is oversimplifying it but for the next three years i'm gonna say huberto for goudreau is almost a wash as far as talent is concerned Oh yeah. So like 90 to hundred point players. This is a deeper team. This is you replaced the grid of Kachuk with Kadri. I'm still super fucking excited for the battle of Alberta. Cause I think those oh. two teams are both better than they were last year. And it's going to be insane when they meet in the second round of the playoffs. Again. I can't wait. <laughs> like seriously, who's, who's be the amazing. better team there? Who is the better team? You Calgary Calgary's a better team last year. They're still the better team. <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm I'm torn. I'm very torn. I'm sorry. Like, that's Campbell Supernet. Great, great move from Edmonton Oilers. At least addressing their goaltender, but I don't think he's enough to to get it done. Smith was enough to get it done this year. Oh, Smith. You're gonna tell me that Campbell isn't a noted improvement over? No, Smith? no, he is. I'm saying like it was a great improvement, but like I don't think Smith was. Did like he? Okay, he was, but but they still beat them four to one in the series. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm pinning that one more. Like on oh. like on the USA World Juniors not making it to the medal games, I'm pinning this mostly on the flames underperforming. Hang on though, that's different. If we're gonna talk about the USA team who absolutely underperformed against the Czech team, that was one game, not five. <laughs> oh. It's a lot easier to come out flat in one game and play the wrong way and then not be able to come back and make adjustments because you're out. Against yeah. Edmonton, Calgary had every chance to make adjustments and it just didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's not your series. 
sometimes now i'm just not real... sold on the oilers and i don't want mcdavid to play there anymore i'm sick of him in a fucking oilers jersey it makes me sick personally but anyways I digress. all right dude like on the eve of the memorial for ben stelter you could be a little nicer which <sighs> uh, like seriously that was such a cool event like i don't know if you saw any of the video from that like what an incredible boy incredible family great yeah, story like it dude it's nuts to think about and i I feel bad because for the first time once he had passed and you saw the post from his dad, who's been really good about chronicling, you know, everything no, he has that actually. Ben was able to do through the, kind of through the the end of his, you know, very unfortunately short life. Dude, I had never seen what he looked like before the cancer. Hit. Yeah. And it that was just sad. like that, that just like broke my heart. Like, oh, my God, this kid's been through so much. That, but that that boy's lived more than most people do over 20 years. And he only had six. Like he, no, well he, said. he had a great ride there at the end when they knew that it, it, it was in fact going to be the end. Like his parents couldn't have done better by him to make sure that he lived life to the fullest. Yep. It sucks. It's gutting. It crushes you. Like I can't imagine if that was my kid, but like kudos to the parents, kudos to the Oilers organization Kudos to everyone that's reached out and said such positive things about the impact big or small that Ben had on their lives. Like that was a, a big, big crushing blow for it to finally come. But again, now it's about the memory of him and like trying to live every day to the fullest like he did. No, well said. And look, I, I rip on the Oilers. It's, it's my shtick and, you know, put, put what the owners going through aside as well. Cause that's a whole other story. The organization did, did very well here. And I think the players genuinely, you know, had a connection with him. I mean, not all of them, but definitely like the McDavid's, the ones who spent some time with him. Yeah. And we talked about this in the playoffs. Like, it was, you know, maybe that excitement helped Ben live a little longer and helped the Oilers play for something a little bit more. Mm. And, um, and yeah, Bamba, said, baby. yeah, everything you said there was unreal. Um, and yeah, I wish nothing best for the, the family and, they're, they're, like, those are some strong fucking humans, though, his parents, to be able to be oh, so public about sure. it. And, you know, like, those are some strong people. So we got to, um, yeah. Have gotta, to commend them. That's, it's 100%. really cool. 100%. Um, now, back, hard pivot back to yeah. the conversation around Kadri. What do you think about the Islanders? Obviously, again, didn't get Kadri. They were counting on it. That would have been a big way of bolstering their lineup. I think it still further would have complicated their cap hit because they're in a really tough spot financially. But what do you think about the team in general? Just bringing them back up here because I like I know the anchors well, of the I'll, team. I'll I... lead in and save you some time then. I, well, I, got, I, I got it up now, but go ahead. Oh, I, I just personally think that they're a playoff team this year. I think they had so many things working against them last oh, year. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I think a lot of people are just like forgetting and discounting them and basically looking at the year saying, okay, it's, it's the Rangers, it's the Hurricanes, and then Penguins or Capitals, maybe. Whereas I honestly, I'm not high on the Rangers. You know it from last year. I think they're going to tumble back to reality. They're a wild card, yeah. Oh, there goes gravity. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the Islanders, I, okay, I reserve the right to change this before we do our official like picks to start yeah, the yeah, year yeah. that we always do. I think it goes hurricanes, penguins, Islanders, top three in the Metro. And a lot of people were saying that going into this season, this last season too. Well, this last season, I think we, we had them number two. <laughs> Did we all forget. I think, I think hurricanes were like almost unanimous. Yeah. Number one. And I think Islanders were pretty close. They, to unanimous number two. So good. The, the, the couple years prior, right? Well, and um, you think about it, like, 13 games on the road to start the year. I was that just going to say, everyone forgets about that. And then they had to adjust. And I know it's cool. You're coming into a new arena. It's more, la it's more lavish and, and whatnot and, and everything like that. But like, it's still an adjustment, you know, professional athletes more than any other humans, I will say are like creatures of habit too. When you start the most important part of your season, the beginning of it, where you like, you know, like I, the blues were an anomaly, how they won their cup. Right. You have a bad start of the season. You're usually having uh, a... Yes, but... Yes, but... Going into the season, everyone was so high on the Blues. And I, I'm not saying, like, the Islanders were similar, right? But they weren't... They didn't have the same upside. Like, every yeah, year, they, they've we... gotten close, and they've, they really haven't been able to get over that hump for specific reasons. But 
for me, the Fair. reason I'm so high on them for the regular season, they have the number one shutdown pairing in my mind between um, Pulak and Pelic. Yep. And I think their goaltending tandem is fucking stupid. Dude, I think I think Sorokin's a top five goalie in the league, and I, I think Varlamov is the best backup in the league. He's always he's been the best like one B or backup since since he was with the Capitals and with him and Noive were back and forth with the Capitals. But no, what I was saying, usually you hit that kind of hump around Christmas and like you've kind of dug yourself mm-hmm. a hole, right? And again, that's right. why I say the Blues, despite what we were saying going into the season, around that everyone kind of was like, all right, we were dismissive. <laughs> The Blues didn't start 13 games on the road, then having to go to a new, a new arena. And still, the schedule, like, three weeks like prior for them was still kind of like, uh, like, what are we doing? When can we actually be training at, you know, home? Where's our facility? You know, like, all those other intangibles they were dealing with because it, kind of it was kind of a rush, let's be honest. When you have to rejig the season because an arena's not built, that's a little bit of a rush. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that affected them way more, well, clearly way more than the, the average hockey fans are given, given that team credit for. I think they're a dominant team. I, I love their build. They're deep. Um, they bought into every system really that that's been thrown their way. Um, Lou Lamorello, it's, he runs a tight ship, but if those buy in to, to everything, proof in the pudding, it's always worked. It's always worked to be competitive. You saw it in Jersey. You saw it in Toronto. Now we're seeing it with the Islanders. Yep. Did I miss a team or are those the only three he was with, right? Because he's with Jersey for so long. Maybe started somewhere before, but wait, that's sorry. Where he... Repeat. Lou Lamorello. Lou. Yeah, I think it's just it's just the Jersey, Devils, Toronto. The Leafs. And, yeah. Because yep. he was with the Devils forever, like for so long. And he might have been somewhere before the Devils, but that's yeah, before my that's time, where he made so his impact. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, that that's my take on the Islanders. Is, I still is like Lou them. Lamarillo's toxicity driving players away from the Islanders. People um, are asking because everyone just wants to. Yo, Bill Bill Garin, Garin, he Bill wants to, he wants his mustache. He wants his mustache. And I know Lou's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Bill Guerin <laughs> is pretty tight with Lou Lamarillo too, having played for him. Like that's the reason that we said there's no way that right. he would go for the offer sheet with Barzell. Like, is that what we're starting to see in Bill Guerin? Is is his Lou Lamarillo peeking out? Ooh, I can't do it. Seth's probably dying right now. Well, I mean, you just you just gave those writers a whole article to run with. Dude, I don't care. They can write whatever they want. People are going to stop reading at some point. I have. I gave them a chance. I was. I, I never. Was, uh, I never started, but I'm not. Much I gave them a, a chance. I, I I was intrigued. I was like, what? What is this shit? And then I started to see all the headlines, and then I was like, oh my god, this is this is fucked. But anyways, um, is that it on Kadri? I mean. I think we covered all the answers. I mean, that's, that's it for now. I, yeah, I mean, all it tells me is, shit, maybe the Flames still aren't done. Like, I'm very intrigued watching them. But kudos to Trelleving because he, like, was a guy that you're wondering if his job's in jeopardy. Nope. He is safe. He's bought himself a couple he, years. He already won GM of the year. <laughs> we haven't even started the season. He's no, because that's not how it works, dude. <laughs> no, it's, know, all, it's, all, it. it's all about the top three teams that year. That'll be GM I know, of the year. I know. Right? I know. I just joke because it's such a stupid award and I've lobbied for this. If you want GM of the year, you have to make it an award. That's like, you only give it out every three to four years. Cause that's gotta be like retroactive, right? Yeah. Because that shows what did you build in that time frame, Right. And it's like in a good GM, if you can build a team in three to four years, you should win GM of the year. Right. If you can't, you shouldn't win GM of the oh, year. Oh, dude, hang on. I like, I let, let's build on this. Okay. I think I've said all NHL times, awards should be every three years. Oh, think about it because then one season, like you can be excited, like if you have the most goals or the most points, yeah. but you got to do it for three years. That makes it way tougher. And then every every award has more emphasis placed on it. So, like, two awards this year to the next rank, to the it's following, almost ranking, right? it's almost you, ranking like, based, right? But you like, there's a lot more body of work that goes into it, like, well, and then the way award more to argue. show. The award show is a big fucking deal. It's as big as free agency and all that, right? No, it's no, not no, just no, but I'm, but no, 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 but I'm, I'm saying you still have that every year, but it's only two of the awards each year. So they're all still on that three year rolling calendar, but oh. like you spread them out instead of doing them all at once. Cause then like you have more to talk about year to year to year, but then you Make just it. dial in like this year, it's just the Norris and the Selkie. 
You make it just like a one hour, a one hour broadcast. You milk, you know, each one for the two half an hour segments. Well, then you're not talking about the top three nominees anymore. Maybe you're talking about the top five or the top ten, and kind of breaking down how everyone falls into it. And you can even say like, "Hey, for you know, twenty two, twenty three, here's the top three. But how does that play into twenty three, twenty four, and twenty four, twenty five? And like, really, like, there's just so much more room for subjectivity, which everyone loves because that's what gets attention and creates good content is giving people a lot of room to argue like fuck dude this year Makar, there's no question oh yeah but if you do it over three years maybe there is a chance that he either misses one of those years due to injury or has it down here someone else has an incredible year it just like invites it. more criticism and argument i like it i like it all right nhl that's your one good idea minnesota <laughs> wild stay tuned because i have a brilliant money-making idea for you coming at the end of the show uh, teaser yes very much a teaser uh before we continue the hockey talk here and talk just a little bit about the world juniors and again and i'm going to say this throughout the episode full breakdown of the world juniors on the next judd's buds episode so stay tuned for that yeah check that out but first each i'm thirsty so yeah, i'm yes. gonna talk about my beer um and as i mentioned joey came out to visit so guess what i'm fucking drinking oh hell yeah the walrus we've oh, got the walrus one of the so coolest good. logos coolest designs for a can and, of course, one of the best hazy IPAs in the game. And mm. this is my first time drinking it out of the back channel bowl. So all the better. Nice. I've been drinking a lot of beers out of the bowl lately, um, including this I had last night, too. You've been uh, hitting Paci the bowl a lot lately? <laughs> hitting the beer bowls lately. Uh, Pacific Pilsner. Nothing special, but it's kind of a mainstay. Funny enough, it's a mainstay on the island, despite it being brewed in northern British Columbia. And because it's Pacific Pilsner, it's got the sailboat and everything, I just assumed... It was brewed by on like VI brewing or something like that. When I look and like, and I've been drinking this since like my college days as well. I even have like a hat and a shirt. I think I even had an old hoodie when they were, they used to be a lighter blue. They rebranded recently. I just always assume it was VI brewing because of the same colors and everything. No, this thing, like I said, Pacific Western brewing in the town that I grew up in, not the town I was born in, but the town that I grew up in, um, Prince George, British Columbia, home of the Prince George Cougars of the WHL and Spruce Kings. Uh, Zdeno Chara, Dustin Bufflin, Dan Hamu. So many players have come out of, you know, Prince George hockey there. So tie back to hockey. I mean, it's a Pilsner. It ain't anything special, but $6.99 or sorry, $7.99 for a six pack in Canada. That's fucking lucky prices and it's good beer. So cheers. Cheers. I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you shitting me? $7.99? <laughs> that's amazing. That's the same as a, a medium French fry. Yeah. Which is crazy. Teaser, by the way, check out our second edition of flights in a couple hours here. If yes. you're listening to the pod. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Shout out Mr. Lube. Jesus. Yeah, that's great without context. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about Brad Trillivan. So, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah, again, just a quick little toast here in this episode. Ode to beer. Uh, let's get into the world juniors again. More of a breakdown. More of a breakdown on Judd's Buds. Uh, the first thing I want to say before I give a, a you know a, a dig at Hoppy there, um, I want to say shout out to fucking Latvia because I think more more important than anything else we're gonna get to on you know in this small segment here, the World Junior portion of this episode, that team came to play and they should be the story of the tournament. I mean, they went their first win in twenty seven World Junior appearances. And not only did they get their first win, and their and their two losses prior to their win, which got them into the quarterfinals, they looked damn good in their games. I mean, four-two loss to Canada. Uh, they went to the fifth round of the shootout against the Slovaks, and arguably the Slovaks' best game of the tournament. Their goalie was outstanding. Like their goalie was up there with uh, with the best goalies in this tournament, hands down. He's better than no, Canada's goalie. No, he he wasn't up there with the best. He's best goalies. I say he's better than Canada's goalie. Um, obviously, like the wall. The wall, by the way, it crumbled a little bit, but it did not fall. Jesper Wallstedt. So props the to him. The stat. Wallstedt. Um, but again, just shout out to Latvia. That program, the Jew has come a long way, clearly in the last decade, in the last 20 years, even, given that they're one in 27 now, the first time ever in the quarterfinals, and they look like they deserve to be there. How I kind of always break down the world junior. I put Canada always at the top just because like their B and C team can still 
probably win a medal in this tournament, right? But in any given year, you know, the next tier, the Russia, Sweden, US, and Finland could could be in that, you know, top tier. But if we're looking at it from the top down Canada, then those, you know, teams I just mentioned. And then you kind of have Czechs and Slovaks kind of in that mid, right? Who again, they could in some years they could fight to be at the top there. Slovak were missing three top prospects top players this year if they were on that roster who knows how the tournament would have been shaken up as well and then you have everybody else right then you have germany switzerland you know latvia denmark you know all those teams there this tournament germany switzerland and latvia were up there with czech slovakia and and i think that was fucking incredible the only team that was at the bottom sorry austria it's cool to see you there and you'll be back next year as well they don't don't have rossi anymore what what can they do Well, well there you go and they just looked uh, like a very, a very big step behind even that just next level up. Sure. Shout out to Swiss, the Swiss. Shout out to Germany, and more importantly, shout out to Latvia yeah, because for, for a minute when Swiss was keeping up with Canada, I'm like, is this Jonas Hiller in that? Like, what what's happening? Their goalie was tremendous. That first period against Canada, I was de- I was I was fucking scared. I was like, holy shit, this is gonna be the upset of the century. <laughs> like, right. This is crazy. Well, um, but again, just, for you. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying that the lack of Russia was a downfall for the world juniors this year in the sense that bullshit there were four and take your shots. I don't care, but there were four clearly better teams than the rest of the field. Whereas most years there's five. So it makes it a little bit more intrigue to figure out which of the four out of the five make the final four, even though one of them didn't fucking make it this year. Have fun. Well, I will, I will disagree. I, I saw a lot of that too. And it, and it just seemed like people were like complaining. It's like, why, why are you complaining when, yeah, you, you take Russia out, but then that just allows for another team to step the fuck up and be like, we deserve to be here. Take that spot and take Canada to a four, two game. Like Latvia did, for example, you know, really, you know, cause Canada to sweat. Like the Swiss did fucking the Czechs beating the Americans. Right? Like it just, I think it allowed other teams, even psychologically to step up and be like, you know, they're not here. We're going to be here. We're going to show that we deserve to be. I've seen Russia blow games like the Swiss did, like the Latvians did. You know, right. and yes. So, no, so it's, it's more, I, yeah. I like the, the high ceiling, low floor of the Russians. Because to your point, they'll blow games with the best of them, but they'll also come out and just blow the doors off of teams in a way that you can't see anywhere yeah. else. And I liked how the floor of Latvia's, you know, and just everybody else other than, you know, the, the big, you know, four in this tournament, they they showed up, man, and they they showed that they deserve to be here. And I like that more. There were put it this way: Russia not being in this tournament for some reason, and this is totally like this. This was totally opposite of what we thought. It somehow made for less blowouts. I've never seen a tournament with this with with only like two blowouts. Let's be honest. Don't and that was money. that was fucking awesome. Well, I'm preliminary roundup. I don't know in like the round robin or whatever. Right. But as soon as like the games started to matter, there there was there was nothing. I mean, you know, you had an Austria, and I think, fuck, did the Czechs? I think let one go as well against Sweden. I forget which one. I covered so You're many. You're the games. one doing all the live streams. I know I there's so many. Know. There's so many of them. But um, but anyways, well, that that but, that was my so, biggest takeaway. So, but before crowning Isha, because he definitely won the beer bat. Um, have to note to all of you again, check out Judd's Buds this week, dropping on new newly scheduled Friday. Yes. That's uh, something we're going to roll out here. But he just sent to the group chat, 48-hour bar shift, baby. So you're getting to see in his element this week. Just be sure to tune in. But Isha, you still owe me, uh, I believe at this point it's six beers. But now I owe you, on top of that, two four-packs after the stunning victory of both of your teams making it to the championship game. And we're now one and one in, you know, world junior, you know, bet competition. Ah, that's not the same. A hundred dollars <laughs> on USA versus Canada is a lot different fair. than two four packs on like two teams versus the field. Fair. That's fair USA enough. versus Canada. I'll throw down with you every time, but Dude, USA um, didn't make it far enough. So there was a plus 380 bet on uh, or line on Latvia making the bronze medal game that I fucking hit. <laughs> well, I didn't hit, but I bet on because I was like, hey, if they make the bronze medal game. I'm down for that, and that was a cool storyline. Um, yeah. yeah, it was only plus three. I couldn't believe it. That's it's not. I would it have wasn't expected better odds than that. Me, me too. But I just was like, I have to do. You're like, still, the, Isha, that this is you're great at betting. You look, you say, no, no, I'm terrible that's, at betting. That's I'm not terrible. a very good line. Let's do it. No, I'm terrible <laughs> at betting. I just wanted to be a storyline if it hit for the for the podcast and be like, 
is a, it was even a bad line, but I believed in them. I but think it, it would have been a storyline either way. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, and also I oh, sorry, Matt. I gave him already a shout out in this, but uh, he he caught the gambling bug as well during this and was jumping on the beer bet, bets as well. I believe he owes me a twelve pack of Castle Danger Cream Ale. I have to double check oh. on that. So uh, so there you go. And I know last night he wanted to bet on uh, Usman to win, which I've. I should have fucking taken that bet. And I That's bet on not wrestling. Let me tell you though, Usman, his wrestling, it didn't save him. But anyways, I digress. We'll talk about that later. Back to the World Juniors though. Again, Sweden, they didn't make it. U.S., who did they not make it? And it sucks because I think the U.S. had all the tools there. But we talked about high ceiling, low floor, and an output. The U.S. shot themselves in the foot and did not even close play to their ceiling and just decide just to hang out in the basement honestly it was, it was an individual game like they were not playing a team game you no. can't win that way it, it was bad i'll say one thing though brock fucking faber unreal oh, get into more in a little bit here yeah, but i just let's, i love let's, him let's just get into let's let's transition let's get into the wild talk and let's talk about the prospects lead off brock faber say good things hands down in other than there's like two slow, I think there's one Czech defenseman and one Slovak defenseman. I'm sorry, I don't remember their names, but they were just like beasts. Like they were just very big humans. So obviously they were very productive defensemen in this tournament among, you know, boys and 17, 18 year olds. They were clearly like the Shea Weber men of the tournament. Other than those being impactful, Brock Faber was hands down the best defenseman in this tournament, despite being on that, you know, kind of dud of American team in, in, in this particular year. Dude, his, his hockey sense is through the fucking roof. Now, I've only watched him in spurts. Again, like I'm, I haven't watched too much college hockey or the development program when, when he was there, let's be perfectly honest. Um, but I'm going to be fucking keep my my eyes on him this year when he's playing for the Gophers because like... You'll be able to watch. It'll yeah, I can't TV. wait to go, by the way. I can't wait to go experience that arena. I hear it's I hear it's unbelievable. Uh, you hear wrong. Really? Really? <laughs> it's not great. Oh. In, in their heyday, it was awesome. Well, I heard the experience I'm hoping, regardless. I'm hoping it's starting to come back. But yeah, it's I'll bring I mean, it either back, way, baby. you gotta go. I'll bring it back. Um, so next one then, because Brock Faber again, anyone yeah. that's still pissed Not a that minus trade, a, you wasn't can keep a minus listening, but we don't need your comments because you're wrong. he wasn't a minus this entire like on ice at all. So he was he not was only on, on for one goal, and it was an empty net goal when they were trying to come back in a game. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's Just, a staff. What was he plus ten? Dude. Fucking stupid. Yeah, it, um, without even going to a metal game, like, dude, I'm, I, I'm fucking swooning. This kid's awesome. I'm fucking pumped. So then we have Damon Hunt, who, leading up to the winter edition of the 2022 World Junior Championships, gets injured. Fucking brutal blow. Then you hear him on with our friends of Wild Takes, interviewing, talking about how excited he is to have this second opportunity, playing in the summer, gets to go and represent Canada, gets fucking hurt again. Dude, just brutal. Like, gutted for the kid. But guess what? He still got a medal, was still honored with the team, uh, basically played as much as Carson Lambos, and both of them get a medal. So, go wild. Go wild. And with, with Team Canada, Isha, we did forget, so we're kind of pivoting back to the World Junior oh, yeah. Talk. You didn't get to have your stroke off session for McTavish yet. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, no bias whatsoever. If I was even, if if I wasn't even Canadian, I would show this guy love because not only did he lead the tournament in points, I think it was like, I know it was fourteen going into the gold medal game. I I, I didn't cover the gold medal game. Shout out to Dev, by the way, who uh, filled in for me on my hockey channel there. Um, but he was breaking records left, right, and center. Like when you got a guy on this level who has Bedard next to him with the chemistry that they instantly have, which by the way, Bedard shot hoppy. This guy's shot is so clean at his age. I don't think even Ovechkin had a, a shot this polished at 17. I don't think Matthews had a shot this polished at 17, but anyways, again, just a little side note there with him alongside McTavish for most of this, this tournament, McTavish fucking torched and he tied a Gretzky and Lemieux record of four goals in one game, a natural hat trick, plus two assists ties the points and goals in a single game. Only two other players have done that in the world junior tournament. And they're the two best players of all time. So, and that doesn't even mention his play of the tournament. Oh, the, the save, the save dude. 
That I, I see. I didn't watch that, that live, so I rewatched it last night. Incredible. Yes. Anyone that didn't watch, like you can easily find the highlights anywhere on Twitter. Actually, best save of Spoke, the tournament. Spoke Z. Spoke Z will definitely have the best version of it. But he literally, like on the goal line in the air, swats the puck out of the air down to the crease, Unreal. and then swats it to the corner. And then after the game, they interview Connor Bedard and ask him about that, and basically said. Hey, what were you thinking when uh, McTavish made that save? He's like, I was shitting myself. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, shout out to to McTavish. Anaheim has a good one there, dude. Uh, Anaheim. I don't think they'll be good this year, but they're they're a fun team for the next like five years. They're gonna they're be fun. a pain this year. They're gonna lose games, but they're gonna they're gonna be a pain <laughs> dude, for some I, guys. Again, preview to our uh, season picks. I have Anaheim low because I think the loss of Hampus Lindholm is huge, huge. Again, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of them. Oh, they're going to be. I'm betting the over on most of their games. Yeah. Even though they have Gibson. All right. um, Let's move along here. Servak Petrovsky, the steal of the 2022 draft in, you know, in the words of Spoked Z. Draft in the sixth round for the Minnesota Wild, 185. This guy, first year, rookie year, as a 17-year-old, I'll say, but rookie year in for the Owen Sound attack in the OHL. 65 games played. Again, coming over from Slovakia, small ice, you know, CHL, the competition's a lot higher. He torched it. 28 goals, 54 points, six points in seven playoff games in his first year. Put up three points, two goals in this World Juniors. This guy, again, if Slovakia had a few more players. If they had a whole... Because they were missing, I think, three top guys. You know, that that's, you know, theoretically a whole extra line. You mean the three that got drafted in the first round? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is so ha- cool. If he had some more players around him, he was, hands down, if not the best player, like, one of the best players on the team. See, and I like that, noticeable. though. I like it, though, because he got to be the guy. That's true. If you that's have true. those big dogs there... It's no longer the Petrovsky show. He showed that he could carry a nation and it's going to be fun to see what he does over the he's next so I'd say four years in his development he, to really so be good. a dark horse. Uh, dude, 185 Z has said it many times. He's on record. This is a guy that was in his top 100. Yeah. He, he's already got like the, the hockey sense and skill to play pro. So he's going to play another year in junior and then we'll see. So excited for that one. I think he's a, a long development path to play for the Minnesota Wild, but he's going to he get pro sooner than later. What's though. needed to do it, pro yeah. sure, but I'm yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, a, like I don't care where he's going to play. A lot pro of the listeners don't care about him hitting the AHL. They care when is this go guy going to be on the Wild. He might go to the Europe. He could be as well. They yeah. could loan for like you know the Liga or C or SHL or something like that too. Which hey, that that's good. I'm just saying like hey, first year Matthews, OHL. Right? First, yeah, first year major junior putting up numbers like this coming from Slovakia, not from like the biggest hockey nation and like you know Swedes and Russians who come over. Uh, Marion Gabrick would like a word. They're already they're already a high level, right? It's anyways. You you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You're picking well, up what I, I'm putting down. Yes, I got you. All right. Now, <laughs> the biggest, the most important takeaway everyone should have from the World Juniors this year, even though Team USA shit themselves. Very much like Connor Bedard, weirdly enough, <laughs> even though one got gold and one was out early. But Logan Cooley and Maddie Nyes are going to be a fucking problem for NCAA Cooley's hockey this sick. year. Cooley's They're going to so crush sick. the MNCAA. It is insane. I'm, dude, I'm so excited. I'm swooning for this. I'm still fully team Nyes, being that he's a guy that was begged to leave for Toronto and he said, fuck no, I've got unfinished business. I love Matty Nyes. He is he's basically my number two behind Phil Kessel for my favorite gophers now. Wow. That's big. That's big. That is huge. I fucking love Matty Nyes. And I think him and Cooley, if they let them play together this year, watch the fuck out. Oh my God. It's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be appointment television every Friday, Saturday, Asia. Sorry, UFC's gonna have to take a, a side run. Huh, I can I can get double screen going. <laughs> Fair. Um, though, yeah, I mean, I, I had my eyes locked on Cooley a little bit more than Nyes, I'll say, but Nyes did pop out 
You know, he, he was awesome. Like, I, I didn't notice him. He's got the but, finesse. Nice just has the just pure physical skill. Like, he is bigger. He is stronger. He has, I would say, the better shot. Like, there's a lot that he can do. But, dude, Cooley, like, if he can develop, if he can get a little bit more, like, mass to him and can just, like, get more comfortable with, like, playing a bigger game, he will be the better player for sure. Yeah. Like, long term. I'm excited to see. All right. Speaking uh, of the Gophers, yeah, people were kind of assholes about the Sammy Walker signing. Like people are so negative. Oh, he's I not going to be a Minnesota Wild player. So why do you even waste your time signing him? It's like, dude, you don't want. If you find a free lottery ticket, if someone's like, "Hey, here's a scratch right. card," haven't haven't uh, you don't have to buy it. I'm giving it to you. It hasn't been scratched yet. Do you want it? It's like, dude, yeah, fuck yeah. Even if it just, even if it wins me two dollars. I'm still right. taking that scratch card. Well, and I mean, shout out Micheletti who jumped on with us for, again, tune in after this folks for our next flight board rendering. But he like was one of the ones that was down on Sammy Walker. I mean, he makes good points. Like I'm not fighting that, but man, like someone posted something from uh God, what's the guy's name? I can't even remember now. The one who always posts the visualizations for like what the probabilities are for like being a star player or being an NHL regular. Mm -hmm. Jay Fresh? No, not Jay Fresh. Oh, because I was like, different guy. Uh, Byron Bader. Oh, Bader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and it was like a 10% oh, yeah, chance yeah. that he'd be an NHL regular. I'm like, so you're telling me you don't sign this guy on a two way deal with a 10% chance that they could be an NHL player? Let's, like, I'm very happy with 10% chance. Well, and okay, worst case scenario, he helps Iowa. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I get that there's just like Minnesota Wild fans, and that's perfectly fine. But for us, anyways, like, the minor leagues matter. <laughs> right. And I, I don't know. It's a guy that's had a lot of potential. Like at one point I was like terrified that he was going to slot in and be on the bottom six for the lightning and be yet another ELC that helps propel them to like being good. This year was a down year for him. Like won't beat around the bush on it. He didn't have the year that he wanted, but I think there's a lot of potential there. And yeah, there's, there's a few things he's got to tune up, but if he can, regain that form that he had in years prior for the Gophers. And if he can like go in and realize he's got a hill to climb and push through and see what he can do the next three years, maybe he reaches the point that he can get in and crack the lineup. And if not, whatever to Isha's point, you get a more competitive Iowa wild, hopefully. And yeah. worst case he sucks and he ends up with the heartlanders and gets to wear the sickest logo in the game. Yeah, like it's win, win, win. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, all right. Most Last... important, yeah, most important yeah. Minnesota Wild news here, folks. Wait. Minnesota Wild, well, Isha's going to clip this. Yes. Minnesota Wild, free business idea. If if you want to give me like tickets to this event for what I did, like I'll accept it, but I not required. You need to either assign to like Coyotes or some kind of shit game right? Kind of like the 10K Takes crew did for the Cup Snake. We know what was going on there. Brilliant, brilliant work by Minnesota Wild Marketing. Yeah. You gotta have a banner-lowering ceremony. People will come and celebrate that shit. They will be so excited <gasps> that you are lowering the Minnesota Wild fans number one jersey from the rafters and you do it sometime this year because you don't know when Jesper Wallstedt's gonna make his first step onto XL energy center ice. Now, if you want to wait and just have the ceremony, the day that he gets the call up, sure. I'm cool with that too, but I'm just saying you can milk this. If you pre-market it and you say, yeah, come and watch the Arizona coyotes. We're going to charge normal price tickets, not the cheap tickets that we usually have for the coyotes. And guess what? We're going to have a full ceremony lowering the Minnesota wild fans. Number one Jersey from the rafters. I think people would go fucking bonkers. Dude, that is brilliant. That is that is amazing. And like as soon as you you know pitched this, you're like, we gotta talk about this on the podcast. I was like, fucking rights, because this would sell tickets. Dude, I would I, go. I would buy it, I would pay two X what the ticket oh, price dude. is just to be there to like get live video of them lowering that stupid, stupid banner. Dude, I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to be in Minnesota for opening night, unfortunately. But it won't be opening but, night. They can but, sell that out without this ceremony. 
Okay, fair enough. I was just going to say, though, if, even if they did that on opening night, I would just cancel everything that I've been doing right now to get all my plans together Liar. and just say, fucking fly over there. Liar. You're not missing Penny busy. versus Spenny. Hey, for that event, I would. If that doesn't show you folks how much I've been falling in love with this organization, then I don't know what does because the, the amount of support Spenny. we're going to get for this take as well is going to be overwhelming. Dude. Like, oh, I could. Okay, what song should I, be playing? I want, as it's I want, down? Hang on. I want everyone to raise their hands if they are upset about lowering the banner or if they're even neutral on having the banner exist. I want to know who you are because I just don't believe that these people exist. I want to be mad. I'm just like genuinely curious to document What's this. What song should be playing as That's, the banner is, is lowering? Dude, that'll be a fun thing to throw out there. Time of Your Life by Green Day. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> I was going to I was going to throw a, a Celine Dion song out there, but fuck Celine Dion. Either either that or we just go full send with let the body sit the floor. Oh. Okay, we got to make a poll question. And then, and then and then we no, we have Weird Al Yankovic do uh, a rendition of it where it's let the banners hit the floor. <laughs> no, he's live. His last yes. gig ever. The yes. center of the ring. No, you know what? Maybe maybe 10K takes gets Sammy Adams to do it since they're so tight with him now and he went out for the cup snake. By the way, shout out to those boys. Yeah. Another incredible Successful event that weekend. they put on. If I if I didn't have a wedding to go to, I absolutely would have been there with you. But Minnesota Twins, Cup Snake, Hell Sammy yeah, Adams in attendance. Let's let's see if we can work that out. He's got to work up some rendition. Whether maybe he thinks there's a better song to parody for it, or maybe he wants to make his own original song for the banner lowering ceremony. And God, they won't do it because Minnesota Wild aren't fun enough, probably. But if you burned that thing once it got to the bottom, I was just saying, drop baby. it like no, drop no, it, drop get, it like get a giant, a, and just no, burn a giant, a giant industrial sized paper shredder ah. and it just goes through. Ah, yes. I, I just know. have the Wait. office theme in the background. Man, I remember actually in high school, Little Wayne had a remix did you say little little wayne sorry Lil wayne (laughs) (laughs) had a had like a i don't know if he made it or someone just did it on youtube or whatever but like he had like one of his songs was dubbed over that and it was fucking fire and i'm not nor will i will i ever be a Lil wayne fan but hey that was he had had a song where he referenced Sidney crosby so that's true. That's true. Hey, this is coming out of left field. I just want to ask you a quick question because I saw it on Twitter. So <laughs> I think this is one of our followers. I've seen him. I've seen him before. Um, and this, this, I have to show you the, the image as well, but he tweeted me this retweeted. Yeah. I just did a double take. Paulo Costa looks like Fiala with a 10. Now, Hoppy, I'm going to, I'm going to send you a picture. I don't know who that is. Yeah. So I'm going to send you a picture of I'm gonna send you a picture. That's bad for. Uh, it's because I'll, I'll put it on the screen when I edit this clip to post on YouTube. It's just it's just easier this okay. way. Just just click the link here and, and let me know what you think. Because I mean, he's a little bit more jacked. But if you go for like the pretty boy Looks aspect, like Fiala. Let's right? See here. No, no, I haven't clicked it yet. Oh, okay, okay. It. I, I get it. I get it. I don't know if I would have arrived there myself, but since you're that, telling me, I get it. That's exactly what I thought, but I want I wanted to give uh, our boy here. I, I'd Evan also Wild add the context, Isha. PTY. You almost have to share like instead of putting one image up, you should almost do the Google Images search of it to have oh, multiple yeah. visions because like that helps. Like if oh, yeah, I just saw one, right I'd, I'd see it, but like seeing multiple of them, it's like yeah, okay, I get it. All right, give me. One but yeah, that. this guy would beat the fuck out of Fiala. Oh yeah, dude, this guy cuts to fucking one eighty five, man. Petrovsky. Hey yo. Yeah, this guy's a monster. Um, yeah, he he destroyed Luke Rockhold over the weekend. But anyways, um, that just kind of came out of left field. A little a little former wild take there, but just wanted to give some love to Charlie there on, on Twitter who supports us. And I just had a good laugh because I was like, yeah, you know what? Paulo Costa is the Fiala of the UFC. You know, every every I mean, you saw the, the man there. Every woman they see Boracina and they're just they just swoon. And he's He's a, a walking meme on Twitter too, so the follow is actually pretty funny whether you're a fight fan or not. But anyways, um, was that it? Was that it for the podcast? Was that it? It's been an hour. Yeah, and Almost we have a second episode. If anyone didn't hear me the last four times, 
That'll be dropping in a couple hours if you're listening right away. If you're listening later, then it's probably already out. And maybe you even listen to it first because it's the first one that'll show up in your feed. So that's true. But regardless, it's two for one on Monday. So there you go. Two there for you go. Um, since we do have one minute left, that's good. I'll just quickly, I mean, this was kind of a good segue impromptu segue talking about Paulo Costa who defeated Luke Rockhold last night. I got to give just a little UFC plug. And I know, <laughs> I know Wabasha brewing. You'll be fucking pumped for this one. But uh, last night, within the realms of the UFC and, and MMA, the sport, one of the greatest moments ever occurred last night. In the co-main event, Luke Rockhold, I, I do want to say a lot of people were saying that, that was a sad fight to watch. This guy, Hoppy, comes back after a th- former champion, comes back after a three-year layoff, mental health issues. You know, his chin was starting to become glass. He was getting knocked out left, right, and center. Takes three years off. Actually, just goes through so many personal personal issues throughout those three years while just trying to get his body back together. Comes out against that beast, the Fiala of the UFC. And let me just tell you something about Paulo Costa. That guy has 11 knockouts in the UFC, and he's 14-2. and two. So just to show that that guy just knocks people out. He, he goes the distance, I think, three times, right? So he knocks people out. So everyone's a little scared, like, okay, you're coming back to face this guy with the, your former glass chin. Luke Rockhold went three rounds, and after the second round, this guy didn't even look like he could stand. Quite literally, he was putting his hands on his knees at, at some point and then would throw, like, flying fucking kicks. Now, he lost the fight handedly and then retired after he hugging Joe Rogan's white shirt, blood all over Joe Rogan's shirt, and he had the best, you know, sign off he basically was like i put everything i had into this and he was crying and it was pretty emotional and he's like but you know i'm just old and everyone kind of laughed and and it is true so paulo costa you know he was on a two-fight losing streak gets a fight over luke rockhold in a really really crazy bloody fight because hoppy the last three seconds rockhold knew he w- it was done somehow was like got on top of uh, Costa for the last like 30 seconds in a reversal and I sent you that I sent you the clip and I'll I'll remind you to look at it after this and he was just rubbing his fucking bloody face on him like it was just savage he knew that was just my this is the last clip that's going to be circulating of me so anyway shout out to Luke Rockhold but more importantly shout out to Leon Rocky Edwards defeating Kamaru Usman who people were saying Hoppy that Kamaru Usman was a better welterweight and took the GOAT status from George St. Pierre now he doesn't have as many belt Defenses as George St. Pierre, but if he would have won this uh, fight, he would have had uh, he would have tied Anderson Silva's win streak in the UFC at 18. Wow. He was dominating Leon Edwards. Look, Leon Edwards had won the first round and actually out wrestled Kamaru, which Kamaru is an NCAA wrestler through and through and just has some boxing power. But that is his game. Where Leon's a striker, a full mixed martial artist. Leon Edwards, his only loss in the UFC was to Kamaru Usman in 2015. After winning that first round, he just gets mauled. And you could see the altitude there in Salt Lake City, Utah was getting to him. Even the broadcast, Daniel Cormier with 15 or 50 seconds left in the fifth round was like, was writing his obituary, was saying like, he's got nothing to show, nothing to show. Quick little combo by Leon forces Kamar Usman to turn right, head kick from hell. The broadcast is literally, Kamaru's out. He's given up. Oh! The champion was never knocked out. The champion has never lost in the UFC. The champion was dethroned last night by Leon Rocky Edwards. Yes, his nickname is Rocky in a crazy Apollo Creed Rocky story there. And within the sport coming full circle, there were some pictures of him just breaking down after. And this guy, I won't get into his story, but if, you, if, if you're intrigued, look up his story. I mean, for... Immigrant from Jamaica to the UK. Dad shot when he was 13 because he was a leader of a gang. A lot of his friends died to knife crimes. His mom puts him in martial arts so that he doesn't die himself. And he calls his mom and like, I'm even getting goosebumps talking about this again before getting that iconic picture that I shared on Twitter. And I'm sure everyone sees. He calls his mom and he's just like, I told you, I told you I would make a better life for us. And like, and he's just crying. He got it like a Jordan-esque picture. You know, Jordan winning that third uh, championship, you know, I think when his dad died, right? It was that kind of like relief, you know? I hope, and it was you, I hope like, you weren't saying right to me because I don't fucking know. No, no, I'm just to, to everyone, to anybody listening. It was just one of those moments where like you, you saw an athlete, a human who put so much into their craft and, and they, and they achieved it. And you saw just like the emotion, you know, and that's what I love about sports. You know, you see that in like when Ovechkin won the cup and him and Nikki Backstrom were yelling at each other, you know, when Crosby wins his first cup, 
you have that feeling of like fucking rights. They did it. And like, that's a sport moment. And in the UFC within the realm of MMA, that was one of the greatest stories and like moments of the sport. So I was so pumped to like, just be watching it live. And anyways, I went two minutes over, but there you go. There you go. No, you went four minutes over. Well, whatever. <laughs> we have one minute left, so let me spend five minutes on UFC, which is actually better than you usually do. So kudos. yeah. Well, I didn't know I was gonna go the Rockhold route, and, but and I now, and now we won't be able to keep the episode under an hour. But no. oh well. That's okay. That's okay. When Leon Edwards dethrones Kamaru Usman, you know, just just go. clip out all the Minnesota Wild stuff, and we'll have it under. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what I'll do. <laughs> uh, thanks to those tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know the drill. If you haven't already. Give us a five-star review and just comment something in the comment section. You give us praise and give us uh, suggestions of what beers we should try, what beers you like. Give us your thoughts on the wild or any of the segments that we have here. But giving us five stars and dropping us a kind review or any review on iTunes just helps us so much, folks. It gets us in front of so many more listeners. So we really appreciate that. If, if you give us a five-star review and give us a request for a future flight board draft, as long as it makes sense, we promise we will do it if it's tied to a five-star review. So do there it. There you go. With that, fun episode, Hoppy. Signing off. I'm Isha Dromi alongside the state of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod. We good, man? We good. Don't fear. Just drink some beer. Stay wild.